CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to CrossNetInc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors. From helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets. From learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. It is Monday, July 3rd, 2023. Um, It's raining out. I'm going to take a slight pause on that one because it seems like it's always raining out. Has anybody noticed that it seems to like now stop raining never? Um, it, <laughs> we're all going to get floating away down the Merrimack River pretty soon. So, But it is the day before the 4th of July, and uh, let me be the first, probably not the first, but let me be the first to say congratulations and happy birthday, America. We are looking forward to 4th of July tomorrow, celebration of freedom, great day to uh, gather with your friends and your family, uh, do a cookout. We're going to do a cookout at our house, and um, I'm going to do it rain or shine. I really don't care because, you know, we're resilient in this country, um, <laughs> meaning we're probably going to all be crowded around in inside complaining. Um, but it is going to be 4th of July. And don't forget to remember, um, you know, the reason for this day when we're celebrating tomorrow. Yeah, it's nice to have hot dogs and hamburgers and apple pie and all that good stuff. It's nice to watch a baseball game. It's nice to have some fireworks, see some fireworks, but don't forget, this is also all about freedom and, uh, you know, uh, the the inalienable rights of man. So there we go. Enough said on that. But uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've been on the radio. I know that um, I know you've all missed me very much. I've missed you too. Last week we had Over the Edge up in Manchester Monday and Tuesday, and so that's why I wasn't on the air um, for the for that day. And the week before was of course Juneteenth. 
Um, another celebration of freedom, very different one, um, and we had that as a holiday as well. So it's been three weeks since I've been on the air, and it's weird to walk into the studio and be like, where is everything? Well, what do all the knobs do? There's a lot of stuff here to remember. But um, uh, it's been it's been good. The reasons have been good. Um, Over the Edge was fantastic. I know I had talked a lot about it, that on the air, um, gearing up for the day. We ended up with uh, almost 100 people repelling on Tuesday. Monday ended up being a little bit of a washout. That's okay. We were able to fit everybody in on Tuesday. Um, overall, the event raised about $167,000 for our community for 30 different nonprofit organizations. Um, in fact, one of those organizations is with me in the studio today. That's the National Prevention Coalition. They raised a little bit of money for themselves as an, as an organization. We had some Organizations that were fiscal agency partners like that don't have their own 501c3. They fall under another organization um, as a fiscal agent. That's okay. They raise money for themselves. Others were bona fide nonprofits. Some were from Nashua. Some were from Manchester. Some were from statewide organizations. Um, it was pretty great. We also had people going over the edge, actually repelling across a more diverse spectrum of um you know, capabilities and talents and, and skill sets and ability and disability and age than we've ever had before. We had a group of teenagers from Nashua's high schools um, representing the Meals Matter program. That's an organization that works on food insecurity in the high schools. We had a uh, 83-year-old Rappel with us. He wasn't our oldest. You know, we've had an 86-year-old before, but Bill Rogers couldn't make it. So, but uh, Al Posnick was 83, and he went over the edge. We had um, Randy Pierce, who is uh, blind, um, not not just sight impaired, but completely blind, go over the edge with us. It's funny with Randy. I was he's done this now four or five times with us. I always ask Randy, like, isn't that scary for you? He's like, Mike, honestly. I'm the, probably the only person here who isn't scared because I can't see what I'm getting myself into. So I guess that's a glass half full perspective if I've ever had one. We had our very first quadriplegic repel with us. So Jennifer Crowell um, repelled. And for Grant State Independent Living, a great organization that works with people with disabilities throughout the state, um, providing supportive services and access to resources. Uh, Jennifer was just so fantastic. She, um, as a quadriplegic, doesn't have use of her hands or legs or feet or arms. So she had to be lowered down for her rappel, which was fantastic. And she was so excited to do that. Um, and we had just a great time. So the weather held out. It was amazing on Tuesday. At one point, there was a huge thunderstorm cell to the west of Manchester and another huge thunderstorm cell to the east of Manchester. And I watched them on the Doppler radar going from south to north, and they bypassed Manchester as if there was a bubble over Manchester that said, just stay away, bad weather. And, um, uh, I uh, unbelievable. So we had a great day. Anyway, thank you for all you s- who supported that, who participated. We were, um, you know, we were grateful for for that, and you know, for the almost two thousand donors, and for the uh, you know eighty odd volunteers who who participated. It was great. So uh, that was cool. And now we're gonna, um, but you know. We do not like it when dust collects on our shoulders at United Way, so we're on to the next thing. And what is the next thing? Well, we have a we have a busy summer planned. Actually, we have um, coming up in a you know in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our second annual Gleaning United Day of Caring event. That's an event where we partner with a local farm and volunteers go out and they bring in a portion of the harvest. Um, from a portion of the field that the farmer has said, yeah, you can you can collect food from here, and then we distribute that to the local food pantries throughout Greater Nashua. Last year was our first time. We had about 80 volunteers come. Um, took about a half day. It was a really great event, so that's coming up. We're excited about that. Um, we do have our 
fourth, no, third annual Skydive United because jumping off of a building is not enough at United Way. We also jump out of perfectly good airplanes. Um, that's coming up in August, end of August, is Skydive United. I'm going to be jumping again. Um, we're looking to pull together a team of people. So if you, uh, you know, maybe 10, 12 people, that's about what, you, who, what our jump team usually looks like. Here's the thing. If you've ever wanted to jump out of an airplane and go skydiving, it's amazing. I can tell you it is incredible. We jump from 11,000 feet, um, and we do this at Skydive Pepperell. Um, we also raise money, and the money we raise from this event is very specific. It's what we call restricted funding. So most of the time when, when nonprofits do fundraisers, um, including United Way, they do it for unrestricted dollars, dollars they can use for anything, right? Which is different than grants. Grants are usually restricted, meaning you can only use them for the thing that the person who raised the money for or gave you the money for says you can do with it. Well, this is a fundraiser where we actually are raising restricted dollars. We restrict them ourselves for the purpose of ending youth homelessness in our community. So we have a pool of funds that we've established over the past couple of years that we use only for purposes of ending youth homelessness. We've used, uh, you know, for example, ten thousand over ten thousand dollars of that to start up and support Stepping Stones, the drop-in center in Nashville for homeless youth. We've used it for direct supports to individual students who are identified in the Nashville School District as homeless and needs supports, including transportation assistance or other types of purposes. So, you know, if you're a person who cares about youth homelessness, cares about, you know, some of our most vulnerable people in our community, and you want to go jumping out of an airplane, well, this is the event for you because uh, it's a lot of fun, it's a great challenge, it's super exciting, and, it, and the money does an incredible job in our community that there's literally no other funding like it around. So that's Skydive United coming up. Information is on our website at UnitedWay, unitedwaynashua.org, unitedwaynashua.org. So last but not least, before we get to our break, I want to tell you a little bit about a brand new thing coming. This is the first time I've mentioned it, but I'm sitting here looking at the Nashua Center for the Arts across the street. I've been watching this building over the past couple of years, you know, go from being Alex Shoe Store to being a hole in the ground to being, you know, a superstructure with 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 iron going up to being an actual building where they're doing arts and doing concerts. And doing some great stuff. So we have decided that we're going to plan Nashua's first and probably only ever karaoke contest. What is that going to be? That means at the end of October, we're recruiting individuals and groups who want to participate in a, in a judged karaoke contest. One evening, we'll have 24, 25 acts going on on stage. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be up there. And I'm going to be there with some of my friends, and I'm going to be doing some classic ABBA. You know you know it's coming. Getting out the polyester, getting out the long hair wig. It's going to be great, me and my friends Bjorn and co. And, uh, and uh, you know, you're, we're going to raise some money, and we're going to have just a great evening. So that's karaoke. That's care hyphen eoki. Get it? care eoki because we care about things being better in our community at the Nashua Center for the Arts. More information to come. Um, it's going to be great and it's going to be fun. So I'm going to take a break now. We're going to give our sponsors just a short, brief chance to talk about themselves. Then we're going to be on with our guests. We have one guest today. Um, and um, it's going to be so. It's going to be a couple of you know longer interviews. We'll probably break it into two pieces. I have with me in the studio Michelle Rico Jonas. Michelle is the director of the Nashua Prevention Coalition. The Nashua Prevention Coalition focuses on preventing substance use disorder, preventing the abuse of substances like like alcohol and tobacco and um, harder and more dangerous substances than that. Um, in our community and um, does a lot of work with youth, but also people across a, a large spectrum of age ranges. And so prevention, you know what they always say about prevention, an ounce of prevention, it beats a pound of cure. That is 100% true. Um, the Prevention Coalition is our community's effort to keep people from um, you know, taking up substance abuse in the first place. So Michelle and I are going to be talking about what's going on here locally, around the state, 
um, and uh, what the Prevention Coalition does. You are listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will be back in just a couple minutes after a brief note from our sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening in, and we'll see you on the other side. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom, conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in Southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive, or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections, or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. CrossNet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, CrossNet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to crossnetinc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. CrossNet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the run. Well, good Monday morning, and the words to that song are so appropriate. I looked out this morning, and the sun was gone. <sighs> it's another cloudy and rainy day here in Nashua. What are we going to say about that? Not a lot, because who cares, right? It's the United Way Community Connections radio show. It is always a sunny day at this radio station, even when it's not, because um, we're doing great things to help each other out, make our community stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier. And that includes talking with people in our community who lead organizations that do exactly that for all of us who live and work here. Today is no exception. I have with me in the studio. Michelle Rico Jonas from the National Prevention Coalition. We're going to talk about substance use and how to prevent it in our community. Michelle, welcome to our show. Thanks, Mike. Nice to be back. It's nice to have you back. Talk a little bit louder and pull the microphone up a little bit closer to your mouth if you don't <laughs> mind. Um, let's try that again. How are you doing, Michelle? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Fantastic. So um, did you have a good weekend? Was it rainy? What did you do? Saturday wasn't bad, right? No, no I went shopping for some flowers so I can put them in my backyard. Don't have to worry about... <laughs> did you have a backyard or I did you have... buy pond lilies? <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe Pond Lilies would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh my goodness. Um, there are certain things like well, and I, I'm glad I don't have a CSA like a farm share right now because <laughs> all the farmers are complaining about like the strawberries are are late. There was a freeze in May, and all the grapes mm-hmm. died on the vine, literally. And, uh, you know, all the farmers are complaining, like, this would be a terrible year to have a farm share, or frankly, to be a farmer, but does not really ever... Do you come from a farming family? I don't, but I have really good friends who own a farm, so... And my children actually worked at the farm when yeah. they were growing up, so we were we were pretty tight with the farmers when where my kids grew up, so... Far- yeah. Farming is a rough business. It's it a is. hard way to make a living, it especially is. in New England. Like, you know, on a good day, the soil is terrible and you got like you know rocks coming out everywhere you look and it's a short growing season and on a bad day it's like rainy and what there's no sun and i don't know it's a bad my family was farmers in upstate new york back in the well you know the third 20s 30s 40s um i think we were terrible farmers (laughs) i gotta i gotta be honest i don't think there's a good gene in the affelberg family when it comes to farming I did gardening this year. I have I have some outdoor garden bins, and they're actually producing. I was pretty excited. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, you probably have good sun, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we have a lot of sun. When you have sun. <laughs> when we have sun. <laughs> well, well, Michelle, let's talk about the National Prevention Coalition today. So, National Prevention Coalition, um, tell us a little bit about what the coalition does, what role it plays in our community. Sure. Um, so, we have a 10-member steering committee that is a cross-section of the community. And um, part of the reason why we have that is because we want to get viewpoints and um, ideas um, at, on, how, on the work that we're doing with prevention. And so those members help to guide our strategic planning, um, our funding sources, and those kinds of things. So um, we're, we're really excited to be able to have, um, actually, we, we brought on a youth for the first time for our steering committee. Nice. Yeah. That's a good idea. Youth voice is always important. Young, it is. young people, you know, I don't know. At what point do we stop being youth? I'm, I'm young at heart. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm young at heart too, although I feel like there are a lot of people who I know who are younger than me who would say you're not young at all, not in heart and not in reality. Mm. <laughs> so mostly my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bringing on a youth voice, that's fantastic. Um, and so what does the coalition generally do? So we have a, a number of things. One of the one of the major things is working with youth and our youth teams. Um, we have uh, teams at the high school, middle school, and um, local service agencies. I think we have a total of nine teams right now. And um, the real exciting part is we just had a two-day training. Uh, Dover Youth to Youth came out, and we're actually doing Nashua Youth to Youth. So this curriculum is going to allow the leaders, the adult leaders, um, and to work with their kids and come up with some really great prevention, you know, so that it's their voice, not an adult's voice per se. Yeah. Um, and really making an impact with their peers and even their families, possibly. That's fantastic. Now, is there any way for us as a community to know how we're doing with young people? Is there any data that's available or anything like that that the coalition gets involved with? Yeah, we we actually, um, the state does the youth risk behavior survey for the high school level. And in Nashua, we actually- Is that like every year? It's every two years. Okay. And um, in Nashua, the coalition has supported a middle school youth risk behavior survey. And what that allows us to do is to look at um, where maybe some more need needs to be put in place. Um, what, and what the data is showing us, we, we need to actually get down a little lower to the elementary level um, for early prevention kind of work. And what that ties into our youth-to-youth curriculum is our kids, these kids, these high school kids who are going to be um, doing this, they're very excited about going down to the elementary. So not only will they be supporting the younger kids and giving them the information, they're actually supporting themselves too as, as being mentors. So it's a, it's a double goodie. And so the focus, I imagine, is on sort of healthy alternatives so that you don't get involved with substances in the first place, right? It, it is. And, and it's, more, it's more than just the 
the risk factors of, of, say, starting to drink or to smoke or to vape, but it's more of what are the protective factors we have to build up. So now um, you're using jargon. I know. And I'm okay with that a little bit, but maybe you can step back and say, what What do you mean when you say risk factors? Risk. And then what do you mean when you say preventive factors? Sure. What does that actually mean in sort of real people terms? <laughs> so risk factors are, are things that are happening in our community, like um, Mike, you brought up homelessness for mm-hmm. our youth. That is a risk factor that mm-hmm. puts them at more risk of potentially using and abusing substances. Um, so these are things that go on in our around you and your surroundings that um, correlate heavily with unwanted behaviors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Health, healthy behaviors. And then as far as protective factors go, uh, again, you mentioned in your opening, we, we have this beautiful city. We have a lot of activities. Um, there's a lot of um, youth effort as far as, you know, camps are like. Now, I'm going to stop you there. I don't think we. I said that we have a beautiful city. I think we said. I said. I think I said we have a rainy city. Well, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> well, I'm new to Nashua, and I think it's wonderful. But it's rainy. You, That's okay. So rainy rain is rain a uh, risk factor or preventive factor? It, I'm just well, kidding. it depends. If you're, a ve- if you're a vegetable, I guess, right? <laughs> right. There you go. So sorry. Keep going. No, that's okay. Yeah. So perfect preventive factors. So so pr- protective factors. You know, um, you you again. I'm I'm gonna reiterate the 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 farms the food that we're collecting and bringing it we're making sure that's getting to the families right so that's a protective factor as long as kids are you know have a healthy relationships um, have a community that care for them um, they're able to eat and have shelter those are all protective factors and so we work um, not just with folks who are dealing specifically with substance misuse but more of across the continuum you know what's my favorite preventive factor what's that Meaningful volunteerism. There is, and that's so interesting, I think. The studies on that are really compelling, that when you give people the opportunity to give back through volunteerism in a meaningful way, um, and that could be anything from, Mm -hmm. you know, reading to puppies at the Humane Society to digging in the dirt to, you know, delivering meals for Meals on Wheels, right? Those are all different types of volunteers. I'm very different from one another, but if a person feels like they're giving back and they can do so, that is such a compelling protective factor in a community. It really is. It really is. And and I think the an example of that was having another community who's been working with youth in this model coming to Nashua right. and, and sharing their... So there were like eight youth from Dover that were there training our adult advisors um and it was wonderful it was it was fun and um they got excited about it we're excited about it um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what the kids come up with with some with these activities with the toolkit that's fantastic other other age groups that we focus on with the prevention coalition as well we do um another group that we're focusing on is is actually parents adults um and the way that we're going to do that is kind of a grassroots approach, uh, looking for a, a host, so to speak. Um, and what we do is we go in and we we start a conversation. We provide some information, but engaging the participants so that it becomes them. It becomes more of their conversation and not ours. Um, and getting them involved, letting them know what resources there are how they can help, um, you know, beyond what they're already doing as far as raising their own kids, but just the community at large. So we're really excited about that. The The cool thing is that we're actually going to be um, doing a cooperative um, work with the public health region. The public health workers are going to get trained um, in circle talks is what we're calling it. And the reason why it's circle talks, it can really be done not just with parents. It can be with business people. It can be with, you know, police departments, whatever group you want to put together um, in order to get some information out to them. That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned Dover Youth to Youth. That gives me the feeling that you, as the Nashua Prevention Coalition, are maybe part of a broader type of a network um, throughout the state or maybe even throughout the country. Is that, is that true or what it it, where does, where does the prevention coalition sort of fit into the overall scheme? So I think the uh, national prevention coalition 
fits in on a, on the federal level, as a lot of the coalitions around the state of New Hampshire were propped up with drug-free community funding from SAMHSA, now CDC. Um, and I can't remember what SAMHSA stands for. So Substance <laughs> Abuse, Abuse Mental Health mental Association. Health. Yes. Here we go. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, where the coalitions, the right. community coalitions got their roots with, got, the, with gotcha. the DFC funding. Um, but then we come down to the state level. And this year, which has been wonderful, we've really come together as a group, um, sort of like a coalition of coalitions, so to speak. Nice. And we're working together on on same kind of co- conversations so that we're blastering that around the state, not just one community or two communities. Um we were able to to work with the state legislature, um, and and it looks like you know these coalitions that have graduated from the federal dollars is now being put into the state budget, which is wonderful. So to help to support some of that prevention work in the community, are there other coalitions just in our in our part of the world, Southern New Hampshire? Um, yeah, there's um, Merrimack, and I can't remember Merrimack Safeguard. Safeguard, yes, right. So those are the only two coalitions that are in our public health region. And then region. there's something in Milford as well, right? The uh, uh, community cast. cast community action for safe yes. teens. So we have three. Okay. And but there's so there's an opportunity for any of the communities in in the greater Nashua area who want to um, develop a coalition. The NPC would be right there to help you to do that. Okay. Yeah. Michelle, I think what we're going to do, since we have a lot more to talk about, is we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to shift gears. I do want to talk about what's going on around the state. I'd like to talk about specific substances and specific concerns that you might have for our community. Sure. Um, and, um, yeah, so we'll t- have those two shifts, and then we'll talk about kind of like what's next for the Prevention Coalition. Please, if I forget to say anything about it, remind me to talk about Red Ribbon Week as well. Yes, absolutely. And probably a thousand other things, right? <laughs> Yeah. Because it is Monday morning, and it's almost it's almost our birthday as a country, and so you know, happy birthday to us. Let's talk about prevention work. Great. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here. Um, give our sponsors a chance to talk. Our our show is commercial radio, so we're 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 supported by three generous sponsors: Edgestone Properties, one of our community's premier builders, fully promoted of Southern New Hampshire, bringing promotional products, embroidery, and screen printing to the Southern New Hampshire region, as well as Crossnet IT Solutions, providing. Um, IT solutions, networking, computer infrastructure to small and medium-sized businesses. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to the United Way Community Connections radio show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. I need to get some new shirts for my business. Just call Sal. Does he do screen printing also? Just call Sal. Does he embroider shirts too? Just call Sal. I also need business cards and brochures. Just call Sal. How about yard and lawn signs? Just call Sal. And promotional products to give my customers? Just call Sal. Who is Sal? I'm Sal. My wife Jennifer and I are the proud owners of Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. If you need embroidered or screen printed shirts, business cards, brochures, lawn signs, promotional products, and even personal protective equipment for your business or organization, just call me or stop by our showroom. Conveniently located at 410 South River Road in Bedford, right off the Everett Turnpike. You can also visit our website at fullypromotedsnh.com. That's fullypromotedsnh.com. We are your one-stop shop for all your promotional needs. Fully Promoted of Southern New Hampshire. Our business is to help you grow your business. Just call Sal. Crossnet offers IT services for small and medium-sized clients. We create tailor-made plans for your business's unique needs. From computer repairs to managing networks, servers and desktop services, Crossnet Inc. offers managed services, cybersecurity, data backups, virus, ransomware protection, web filtering, and more. For more information, go to crossnetinc.com or call for your personalized IT services today at 603-810-1000. Crossnet Inc. IT services keeps your businesses running when you are on the 
the run. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. It is Monday, July 3rd, 2023, and uh, first uh, Monday of July. Looking forward to um, finishing out the rest of our interview with Michelle Rico Jonas from the National Prevention Coalition. Look, a little before I introduce Michelle, a little bit about our show. So each and every week, we, inter- we introduce you to one or two different nonprofits, um, organizations and individuals who are leading change in our community, trying to create a community which is stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us who live and work here. Um, there are so many different organizations and initiatives throughout Greater Nashua, you just can't even enumerate them all. But by listening in to the show each week, you'll get to know a little bit more about what's going on in our community. You'll get to know some of the services that you might be weren't aware of that are available so you can refer people. Like when you're sitting around the campfire this fall and you want, and somebody says, you know, I know somebody and they're struggling with this problem or that problem or they're looking for that resource or the other resource, you'll maybe know, like you'll be able to say, well, wouldn't it be great if you were able to say, you know, I know a guy. I know somebody who can help with that. I know about a program. And that's such a great feeling to be able to do that. Of course, you know, none of us can know everything. So please also remember your friends at 211. Call 211 because they always have an access to more resources than any single one of us can know about. The other reason I think that this is an important show to listen to is that we do have a very generous and caring community. We have people who like to donate their time as volunteers. We have people that like to donate their money um, as donors. And we have people that like to do both. The question is always, where do I put my, you know, where do I put my resources best that's going to have a good return on investment in the community that's going to make me feel like I'm making a difference? And this is one of those ways in which you can learn more about what's going on in Greater Nashua, who's doing what work. So today I have with me in the studio Michelle Rico Jonas from the Nashua Prevention Coalition. You know, if uh, if you're concerned about young people and old people and middle-aged people, all people, using drugs, um, abusing alcohol, getting um, you know hooked on nicotine, um, undertaking just unhealthy um, behaviors, um, the Prevention Coalition is a place where you can put a little bit of time and effort in to make a difference. And they are always looking for volunteers to make, to make that difference. So Michelle, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're back with me. You didn't leave during the break. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. It's, no. al- it's always a good sign when my, <laughs> when, my, when my guests are still here after the first, after the first interview. Um, where we left off, I had mentioned briefly Red Ribbon Week. Red Ribbon Week is a kind of a, one of those key events for the Prevention Coalition. happens every year. Tell us about Red, Red Ribbon Week a little bit. Sure. Um, it's, it's a national campaign, and all of the, all the prevention folks and, and beyond um, kind of get behind it. It's, the, it's usually like the second or third week of, of October this year. And some of you might have seen a lot of like 
red tulips or red flags or red ribbons and things like that. And what we do is we, we kind of paint um, Nashua with red. Um, and it's an awareness of, of just understanding um, what's going on in some people's lives and um, how we can help, as, as Mike pointed out. And we're looking forward to this year um, doing that, especially, like I said, working more with our youth groups, um, our parents um, who are going to be engaged as well, and then community members, as Mike just mentioned. Don't you also do something like a drug take-back day during the week or at that time? Um, twice a year. Um, so we do it in April, and I believe it again, it, it's in August. And what's really great about that, that's in partnership with the Nashville Police Department, and um, so we we are out there, we're saying hi, we're giving away things while they're dropping off any unused medications. Um, and the stuff that we put out is, is really just to inform people how to take care of, like in between um, of these two events, annual events, um, is, is, you know, the, the safe way to dispose um, unused prescriptions. And the reason that is important is we don't want to have access, unnecessary access to people who shouldn't be. Um, using those. But can I just like flush my oxycodone down the toilet, man? No. <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with that? Because it'll taint our water sources and then when people go get drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what? People always used to say, well, I'll just flush it down the toilet. Don't flush your drugs down no, the toilet. Take no. your drugs to the drug tape. And by the way, if you don't do it at that time of year, I know there are also boxes around the community where you can just drop in. I know there's one in the National Police there are. Station yep. and you just walk into the lobby and you, it's an anonymous thing. You drop your, you know, drugs into the box and yeah. and walk out. It's not like anybody's gonna, you know, you bust you for doing that. No, right? no. And we did we did a campaign last year. We'll likely do it again. Um, there's these uh, pockets or packages. It's called Deterra bags, and it's a kind of like a upscaled like, kitty litter. <laughs> so yeah, like a charcoal kind charcoal of a kind deactivator, of thing, and it deactivates, and that can be thrown. And away in regular garbage once it's been deactivated. Right. Okay. So lots of different ways to so do this. So if anyone's interested, they can call us. And we'll you know, I think about my mom, actually, sometimes I think about drug take back day because she, in her later years, she had cancer and, mm. and was prescribed a lot of heavy duty pain meds, including oxycodone. Yes. And uh, she was like any, like many elderly people, she would just like, you know, she lived by herself and she left them out on the counter. One year I visited her, I'm like, mom, look at all these pills just lying around. How do you, are you sure that, um, you know, that they're safe? Like, you know, what happens if you have, um, you know, a caregiver that comes and, and maybe takes them or what happens if somebody visits and they have a, you know, a child with them. And she's like, she hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. And she did safeguard her, her drugs, but she thought about that a little bit. And that's one of those just awareness kind of things, right? Yeah. And I think too, if, if family members are concerned about their older family members, there are things that can be, it's a, like a lockbox kind of thing. Yeah. We have some of those um, and have been able to give, you know, some of those out. Um, that would be a great thing to do again, and especially considering our elderly folks and making sure that their medications are safe and not being used by somebody else who shouldn't be using them. Yeah, that's a good idea. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit briefly in the first segment about the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, the YRBS survey, which is done with high schools and which is also in, in Greater Nashua done by the Prevention Coalition with middle schools. Um, what are some of the key data points of the more recent YRBS that people should know about? You know, and, and I know I'm, I'm asking I'm not asking you to quote numbers and statistics, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just general trends yep. that we have data that says, that, you know, here's an area we're getting better or here's an area we're getting worse and need to focus some attention on. So we're seeing the, um, the early, earlier onset of use um, is what we're seeing. So... And those, those numbers are increasing in our surveys. Um, it's alcohol, it's tobacco. Vaping is, has skyrocketed. Um, and, and but who cares, Michelle? Vaping, isn't that safe? Like, who cares, right? The, the companies all say that's just basically, you know, water vapor, right? So vaping, what's the big deal there? Well, it's, it's actually worse because they're targeting our youth specifically. You mean it's worse than just drinking water? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it is. gee, now I'm surprised. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, so but, tell us a little bit about vaping. Why is vaping, what's the risk associated with vaping? So um, with the vaping, it's 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 they can hide it a little easier than tobacco. It's got a fruity fruity kind of smell, so people are not thinking like someone's using something wrong. Um, 
and it, it they didn't just they can just disguise it i was surprised when i was at the um high school open houses and i had so many of the uh, guidance counselors bringing me bags bags filled with all kinds of vape project products the oil the oils one was like had cocoa cocoa crispy was the flavor i'm like okay <laughs> i don't even like to eat cocoa crispy cereal let alone want to inhale it into my lungs right um so that's the big that's those are some of the big concerns is how our youth are being targeted and so there are high levels of of primarily nicotine in these in these products right so well not just nicotine okay so it can also be marijuana so thc as well correct so um you know, originally, I think back to when the first electronic smoking devices came out, and that was positioned really as, a, as primarily as a product for adults mm-hmm. to who were trying to stop smoking to maybe have like a transition product right. out of smoking. That hasn't kind of worked out that way, huh? No, no. It actually went far left. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think too, and it's interesting because I've, I've talked with, with parents who have said, oh, I use that. So like you just said, so I could stop smoking. And I'm like, but you're still smoking. It's not like it's, yeah. and they're usually higher levels um, with the, with the oils and the juices and things like that. So there are lots and lots of chemicals, hundreds and hundreds of chemicals that you're breathing into your lungs can't be good for you and highly addictive. Yes. So vaping is something that's showing out in the YRBS, and you mentioned also um, people using substances at younger ages. What are some of the other sort of trends that you're seeing in the YRBS data? So some of the other things that we're, we're measuring is is uh, like a peer, you know, what peers think about you using, so um, as well as parents. And, and we're not we're – not, there's been some changes um, with that data that's not – going in the right direction we would like to we would like to be seeing you say you know our my friends would not want to see me smoking or drinking um i my parents would be very upset if they knew i was smoking and drinking like we want to get those numbers up so we can't just target youth specifically we gotta we have to target their their families um their older siblings potentially you know whomever may be a potential model, role model for them. Okay, so are there any good trends that we're seeing in the YRBS data? Um, anything oh. positive coming out of this? Honestly, I think we still have we we're we're doing a lot of work post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are we dealing with you know what we have always dealt with with this with the substances, but it's the mental health angle, right? And so if we're not having a comprehensive approach to youth, families, community, um, then we're, we're missing something. Right. Well, I thank you for sharing some of that. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, is there a, re- a good return on investment for investing, you know, dollars in prevention? You know, I like you can, when you think of across the continuum of use, you've got prevention, you know, which is stopping substances from being used in the first mm-hmm. place to, you know, treatment, which is people who do use substances and maybe overdose or something like that. And then to recovery, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of um, to, to kick the habit, if you will. I'm going to use like old terminology because yeah. like I'm an old guy, right? <laughs> so I won't quote Nancy Reagan and this is your brain on <laughs> drugs, you know, but okay. So prevention, treatment, and recovery, kind of like that, those three phases. And I think that at each phase, it kind of gets more expensive and more labor intensive. So what's the return on investment for stopping people from using by through prevention in the first place? So um, studies have shown the later the onset of use, the better outcomes in the future. In age, you mean? In in, in age. So so before I get into the the figure piece, it's if we think about, you know, a, a person. We won't even say a youth necessarily, but a person whose brain, you know, develops at age 25. So that from birth to 25 is where, you know, prevention is, 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 has its solid ground, so to speak. And for every dollar that we invest in prevention for those 25 years, 
um, we save $18 in treatment on, on sort of the other side, whether it be um, interdiction or whether it be recovery, whether it be... Um, so $18. Yeah. So it's an 18 to 1 return on investment. And so if you if, if the state and the, and the people of this country invest you know, $1, then they're going to save 18 on the other side, which is hospitals, counselors, you know, the death, mm-hmm. um, disease, uh, all lost productivity, all of the things that go along with um, with uh, you know use. Well, and, and the you know the major um, health issue through this is addiction. Yeah. Um, but then there's all like you mentioned, you know, cancer and. Um, there's just so many things that get brought up into that. And sure. so so that's why I, I, for 40 years, I've been doing prevention in some way. And it just seems um, that's where we have to start. That's where we have to invest, you know, um, because the more we do with that, the less people are going to be afflicted with the disease of addiction. Thank you. So speaking of investment, um, I've heard and read in the newspapers and saw, because I still read newspapers, um, and seen you know information in the news about that the state of New Hampshire has received money from these opioid abatement settlements, settlements with companies that have uh, produced uh, oxycodone, and mm-hmm. there was also nicotine settlements and all sorts of stuff with with uh, people who make substances. Like we've received bazillions and bajillions of dollars into the state of New Hampshire. Uh, what are we doing with that money? Is any of it going towards prevention work, really, or is what is it? Is it just going to the general fund or to build, fix potholes? Or it seems to me like we should be using this money for like the thing that we screwed up in the first place. Yeah. Um, so the state has received millions, millions of dollars um, from not, not bajillions and bazillions, bazillions, a lot. So a big, lot, big yeah. pile of money big comes into the state, and what are we doing with it? So prevention isn't necessarily being targeted um, with these funds. And the reason I can say that is because we applied for some of the opioid abatement funding. And the commission for that has narrowed it down to more of um, treatment and recovery services and not really looking at the continuum as a whole. So treatment is important, right? Absolutely. And recovery is important. And people can recover. But um, and 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 should not be left behind. But a good chunk of money should go into stopping the the things in the long the long initial term. onset. Yeah. So I'm a listener. I'm listening to that. I'm if if, if I'm just going to be like, wow, that's horrifying. We should we should do something about prevention work. What should I do? Is like, should I talk to my state rep about that, or what should I do? Certainly, I think the state reps are are definitely um, a place to start, even locally with the public health region. Um, you know, as far as the funding that they're also getting, how are they using it locally, um, as well as the state and how they need to make sure that um, we should we shouldn't be prevention shouldn't be battling it out with, you know, treatment and recovery that that shouldn't be a battle of of that. It should be how do we where where does the um, like I said, you know, a dollar for every 18 for every dollar that we save um it's it's just so important. It's just so so important. Yeah. So there's our senators. There's um, our representatives. Um, you can call. You can write. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. so look it up on the state website. There's a general court. We call that's what we call our legislature the general court. I don't know why, but look up the general court website. You can find your state rep. You can find your state senator. You can find your executive counselor. You can find the governor's office. Absolutely. Reach out to them and say, look, we want to make sure some money. There's a lot of money coming in. Let's not let's not make sure that it's spent in a way that doesn't benefit us for the long term. Michelle, we're out of time. Can you believe it? Wow, that went fast. It did. Thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you for the work you're doing to make our community stronger, safer, and, and health, healthier. It's amazing work. National Prevention Coalition is a fantastic thing. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So you've been listening to Michelle Rico Jonas um, from the National Prevention Coalition talking about prevention work in our community. You can reach her 
um, just bring out, reach out to me at United Way, and I'll connect you. So um, we will be back next Monday with another interview. We're going to have St. Joseph Hospital in here talking about their clinical studies. We've never done that before. So clinical trials, something fascinating if you're into that stuff. And uh, until next week, I would say, you know, most importantly, have a happy, safe 4th of July. And uh, until next week, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.